Is this the largest dog breed on Earth? Why is this dog often called the ugliest? Was this breed a gift from the Dalai Lama? Is this dog so frail it needs clothes? Dogs 101 celebrates man's best friend. Today, the Chinese Crested, the Lhasa Apso, the Italian Greyhound, the English Mastiff, and we start with the breed that might be the smartest of all. Meet the Border Collie. It's a pretty smart dog. Border Collies are the most intelligent breed on the planet, without a doubt, non-negotiable, end of story. Okay, so it's a really smart dog. In fact, on nearly every ranking of doggy intelligence, the Border Collie comes out on top. It's a highly intelligent dog, highly trainable dog. The Poodle and German Shepherd usually round out the top three most intelligent breeds, but Border Collies are canine rocket scientists. Think twice about these dogs as house pets, though. They are not good with novice dog owners. If you don't work with a Border Collie, they're going to drive you nuts and they will destroy every possession you have. The breed is named for the border region of England and Scotland. Shepherds in this area carefully bred dogs over many generations. The result is a dog that may just be the perfect herding breed. I don't think there's any dog that excels um, better at herding than Border Collies. The Border Collie is a born athlete. Its muscular, supple body is bred for speed and stamina. Very, very hyper. A dog that loves to run, loves to herd, loves to chase animals. Shepherds were also attracted to their Border Collie's fiercely intense stare, sometimes called the eye. Border Collies use this gaze to intimidate and control livestock. When they're focused on something, it is very hard to break that concentration. That great intelligence is the key to this herding dog's prowess. Border Collies were bred to complete complex tasks, both with humans and independently. When you hear the term man's best friend, a Border Collie comes to mind. A fourth unique physical characteristic gives the Border Collie even more of an edge. When herding, the dog can move quickly in a crouching position. It's reminiscent of a stalking cat. This trait is due to a space between the tops of the shoulder blades. The almost locomotive movement allows the Border Collie to make subtle adjustments to manage a herd with absolute precision. I can't think of many dogs that are as driven and focused as Border Collies. Today, Border Collie enthusiasts like Animal Planet's expert trainer, Zach George, are finding new creative outlets for this remarkable breed. Border Collies are exceptional at dog sports. Zach's high-flying Collies go for big air when chasing Frisbees. They also have a few head-turning tricks up their sleeves. Zach's Collie Venus even knows her multiplication tables. What is three times two? Nice. Across the pond in Wales, Border Collies continue to be a vital part of sheep farming. Just ask Welsh Shepherd and one of the top Border Collie trainers in the UK, Jerry Lewis. The Border Collie, in my opinion, is the most superior and by far the best. 
dog too heard and look after sheep like. If they train correctly and handled correctly, then they will do pretty near everything, actually. Jerry and the family run a 300-acre farm with nearly 800 sheep, ewes, and lambs. It's a big job managing a farm this size. The work the Border Collies do here is vital. This particular dog spot here has been a very good servant to me over the years. He's got guts, he's got courage, he's got working ability, class to watch. He will give everything for you in terms of working under harsh conditions as well. Along with Spot, Jerry's dogs Pip and Flash are seasoned pros with classic Border Collie instincts. The size of their heart um, counts a great deal for me. And a dog that will get on with it and, and shows that intensity and that desire to work sheep. These dogs might work for a living, but they're loved pets all the same. You've got to treat them as a friend. It's a real bond, plus a professional relationship with a sheepdog. To get a sheepdog to this level takes considerable time and training. Jerry will start by exposing young pups to sheep. My latest arrival and hopefully my next future champion. The dog learns a series of simple verbal commands. After mastering these verbal commands, Jerry graduates the dogs to whistles. Uh, two different sets of commands, actually, which I translate. This dog is on one set of commands and the other dog is on another set of commands. If I put too many commands, I get myself confused. By the end of the process, each Border Collie is able to understand a complex language that allows it to work in perfect harmony with Jerry. These two Border Collies that I've got here, I'll put the sheep anywhere you ask me to put them. Along with making farm life easier, the talents of these collies are proven to be a smash hit on the internet. Challenged by a local film crew, Jerry and his collies took to the hills of Wales to arrange sheep lit with LED lights into a variety of images and shapes. Into you then, if you want. With millions of views, the video has become the latest YouTube sensation. Jerry welcomes any chance to showcase the talents of his border collies. As a special thanks to Dogs 101, Jerry and his dogs even arrange sheep in the shape of our logo. This amazing feat is more proof of the uncanny ability of the border collie. Every good shepherd, in my opinion, has to have a good dog. He's a vital cog in the works and helps me in the raising of our sheep on this farm, and I basically couldn't do without him. Whether it's herding sheep, playing frisbee, or performing amazing tricks, training is where this breed shines. But if you step up to a border collie, you better know what you're doing. If you don't know what you're doing, you could end up with a dog who is incredibly destructive. This is not a good apartment dog. I would definitely want to see this dog in a rural environment. Besides some concerns for hip dysplasia and eye issues, border collies are generally healthy. For the most part, these guys live to a ripe age. There are several coat types, each with slightly different grooming requirements. But in general, this is an easy dog to groom. Brushing and combing is essential because the dog does shed. It's a double-coated breed. If its need for mental stimulation and exercise is met, the Border Collie is a wonderful family pet. But if you don't provide for its needs, watch out. 
if you don't focus that hurting instinct, they are very likely to start hurting your children, which means nipping at their heels. In general, the Border Collie thrives with lots of space and activity. It's an extremely healthy dog with relatively light grooming needs. Those super smart, Border Collies won't just lie down for anyone. This breed is definitely not for everyone, but if its needs are being met, the Border Collie is a good family dog. Iberclassum has been one of the most faithful dogs that I've ever had the pleasure of working or handling anyway. The Chinese Crested makes everyone stop and take notice. You can't walk down the street with a Chinese Crested without having at least one person say, oh my gosh, what is that? But did you know that the crest in their name refers to the plume of hair on the top of their heads? And that unlike most dogs, they have sweat glands and don't pant to regulate their temperature. Or that many are allergic to wool. Or that they have won more ugly dog contests than any other breed. The Chinese Crested is, is a, you know, a funny looking dog to me. Sorry guys. Ugly? No, they're not ugly. No, they're cute. And it was one American burlesque beauty, Gypsy Rose Lee, that brought this breed to fame. She was one of the first breeders in the U.S. Many Cresteds today can be traced back to her. Some think this breed is a cousin of the Mexican Xolo Eats Queenly and the Chihuahua, tracing its origins to the Aztecs. Others believe that Chinese traders discovered the Crested on the shores of Africa and brought them to ports and traded them around the world. This dog was made famous for actually going out on the ships with the Chinese merchants and being a ratting dog or a vermin dog, chasing down the, the rats during the plague times. And their hairless skin meant fewer hiding places for fleas. Every Chinese crested carries a recessive gene for a long, silky double coat. So within the same litter, you may find the powder puff. Which is um, a dog who to most people would look sort of like a skinnier, taller Maltese. The genes for hair and teeth are linked. So the better a crested's hair, the better their teeth. It's a small, lean dog that is recognized in any color or pattern. The Chinese Crested has the ratter's pointed muzzle. Most notable is their namesake crest, or long fine hair on their heads. Add these furry leg warmers, and you've got a pooch who'd be happy in an 80s hairband. And their long tapered tail may be only partially covered. Like other dogs of the toy class, the Chinese Crested will be your constant companion and the center of attention. And what better place to find a dog who wants to be noticed than Hollywood? This unlikely pair, Chris Amoruso, a celebrity photographer, and his Chinese crested, Stella Blue, make their home in Los Angeles, the land of the famous and the beautiful. Chris is famous for his photos of Adrian Brody, Ozzy Osbourne, and Pink. I decided one day that I really wanted an ugly dog. <laughs> And I would see the Chinese Crested, and I noticed that they were really kind of funky looking. Didn't turn out that way. Stella turned out to be a beautiful little angel. 
I actually call Stella the Farrah Fawcett of dogs because she ended up being so beautiful. In the 11 years they've been together, they've only spent three nights apart. These two are inseparable. Chris takes Stella everywhere with him. They wear matching jewelry. He even has four tattoos in honor of his relationship with Stella Blue. When she came into my life, um, everything just kind of changed for me. I saw the love and the bond I had with my pet. I said, how can I do something with this to get this out into the public more? I'd love to do photography, and maybe I can start doing photographs of people with their pets. It was because of Stella that Chris became a celebrity pet photographer. One of my favorite actors is William H. Macy. He has a dog named Walter, and I did an amazing shot with him on his day bed with his wife, and he was just sitting there with a ukulele playing a song that he wrote for his dog. For me, I, I love seeing different celebrities with their animals. It just kind of like humanizes everybody in a way. Today, Stella is assisting Chris on a photo shoot with the actress Taryn Manning, who starred in Crossroads, Hustle and Flow, and Eight Mile. Her dog is Penguin, a Maltese Cavalier mix. I definitely love my penguin very much. She's always ready to give me a kiss and a cuddle, and I love her so much. With Stella on set, everyone feels at ease, and she's a constant reminder to Chris of the love people feel for their pets. I want to capture that moment and that bond and relationship and unconditional love. Stella's very popular in Hollywood, but her heart belongs to Chris, and he is her biggest fan. I tell people that don't feeling right about things in their life, get a pet because when you are down, your animal will make you smile and make you happy. Stella is my savior, my angel, my soul, and I'm just thrilled that she's in my life. Stella Blue, like other Chinese Cresteds, is a people pleaser and took to training and socialization naturally. This is a dog that really wants to cuddle and wants a lot of human attention. Chinese Cresteds are good with families, and because of their low exercise requirements, they're good with the elderly and disabled. Especially for such a small breed, they're, they're not that barky, so you can live very comfortably and quietly with them in an apartment. Keep in mind that their exposed skin makes them susceptible to the elements. They require sunscreen and perhaps a sweater to keep them warm. And while there may not be much combing in your future, Believe it or not, these dogs actually get blackheads in their skin that you have to remove. It's almost like a person would get a facial, or this dog gets a facial on its body. The Chinese Crested is plagued by skin problems. They're very susceptible to rashes. Many of them have allergies to wool, um, and they are very susceptible to sunburn. So, in general, the Chinese Crested thrives in apartment living. The hairless variety is prone to skin problems. Cresteds need sunscreen and occasional combing. A constant companion, they benefit from early socialization. Cresteds are excellent for all types of families, including the elderly and disabled. You know, I judge a dog on its cuddle factor, and to me, this is a dog that will get right up under your chin and just love you up all day, and in my opinion, what's ugly about that? If your motto is, bigger is better, here's your dog. I would imagine that even walking down the street with a three-month-old English Mastiff, you would get stopped constantly. And I would imagine also that many of those comments would be, is it a horse or is it a pony? 
These dogs are massive. Yeah, the Great Dane and the Irish Wolfhound might be taller, but they can't compare to the English Mastiff in sheer mass. The Guinness Book of World Records recognized a 343-pound English Mastiff named Zorba as the world's heaviest living dog back in 1989. He was eight feet from head to tail, and he was the size of a small donkey. Sure, that's an extreme, but the average English Mastiff weighs as much as the average human, between 140 and 200 pounds. Anybody thinking of one has to consider, uh, you know, the large expense of keeping them and feeding them. All this volume, combined with an instinctively protective nature, makes the English Mastiff an ideal watchdog. This colossal canine is the oldest English breed, and its history goes way, way back. I mean, these dogs have been around since the beginning of dog time. It's believed that Phoenician traders brought the ancestors of the English Mastiff to Britain around 500 BC. And in 55 BC, Caesar makes mention of them fighting valiantly next to the English soldiers when he invaded Britain. But for all their brute force, these mammoth creatures are more likely to lick you than lunge at you. They're very easygoing, very laid back, just kind of like couch potato type dog. Just make sure you have a big couch. Heavy boned and muscular, English Mastiffs take up a lot of space. And that's quite a face, isn't it? The English Mastiff has wide set eyes, a wrinkled forehead, and a very broad head. It's got the head the size of a polar bear. And this short-coated canine comes in three distinct colors, fawn, apricot, and brindle. The Pearson family has one of each. They share their suburban Seattle home with three English Mastiffs, Bea, Boaz, and their puppy, Cowboy. Boaz is the middle child and plays a special role in the family. He's a seeing-eye companion. But the Pearson's vision is fine. It's Bea that's blind. Boaz is very protective of Bea. Uh, it's nothing that we've ever had to train him for. I think he just instinctively knows there's something different about her. She needs some help. With only 10% of her sight left, two-and-a-half-year-old Bea gets around largely by smell. She's most at ease indoors, where smells are more consistent, but outside, her confidence wanes. She keeps her nose close to the ground, stays close to the fence, or just stops in her tracks until her trusted companion makes an appearance. Boaz is um, definitely Bea's security. We call it on duty. He knows when it's his time to be taking care of Bea. This English Mastiff is 170 pounds of gentle guidance. When Bea's alone, he watches her. When she wanders too far astray, he nudges her back. And when the Pearson's boys get too rambunctious with her, he breaks it up. We call him the fun police. So he'll run over and bark and say, okay, everybody calm down. Boaz senses that Bea's vision is limited. The Pearsons knew something was wrong when Bea was just a pup. She was having a little trouble navigating the stairs, very unsure of her footing, and we thought, well, Mastiffs, we heard, are lazy. Maybe she's just being lazy. She wasn't. Tests revealed that Bea 
has an inherited eye disease common among English Mastiffs called canine multifocal retinopathy. Dogs with CMR have lesions on their retinas that can obstruct vision. Most dogs with CMR don't go blind, but Bea's problems were too intense and surgery could not help. When the Pearsons received Bea's diagnosis, they had second thoughts about her breeder. There was no contract in place. There was no home visits. There was no evaluation of us. Fortunately, Tim came across a story about a blind horse that found new freedom when teamed up with a sighted horse. So when I read that article online, I thought, well, if it works for horses, why wouldn't it work for Mastiffs? This time, the Pearsons located a reputable English Mastiff breeder who did thorough health tests and evaluated Bea's special needs. She selected Boaz to be her companion because of his sensitive and observant nature. For Boaz, playtime is less important than Bea's whereabouts. He always waits by the door until she is safely inside. That she lives with three dogs still surprises Susan, who was cautious about bringing a new dog into the family. Taz was the family's first dog, and first loves are hard to get over. He was a shepherd mix, very outspoken, very outgoing, was just very happy to please in whatever it was he was doing. When Taz got up there in years, he went into kidney failure, and it was Susan who was forced to put him down. I stayed with him the whole time. He was just at peace. And so that was, that was a good way for, for me to kind of say goodbye to him and let him go. But new dogs have brought new life into the family. Bea may present challenges, but with Boaz by her side, the Pearsons know that their eldest English Mastiff is going to be okay. As long as Boaz is with her, I think that she's happy. You might think an English Mastiff would need a house the size of a castle, but this animal is sedentary enough that an average-sized home will do, and a daily walk around the neighborhood will keep this slow-moving dog exercised. But if you're a neat freak, beware. They have big, big feet, so they track in all this dirt, and they slobber constantly. English Mastiffs have their share of health issues. The breed can suffer from conditions like hip dysplasia, bloat, obesity, bone cancer, and of course, eye diseases. Their life expectancy is 10 to 12 years. Grooming them is very easy, but bathing them, well, that could be another story. They're so big, so you might have trouble getting them in the bathtub. English Mastiffs respond moderately well to obedience training but you'll need some patience because these dogs don't do anything quickly. English Mastiffs are docile and devoted to their caretakers, but are not recommended for families with small children simply because of their enormous size, which creates other disadvantages. They poop a lot. To sum it up, the English Mastiff is a gentle giant, but it's definitely not for everyone. These tremendous dogs do not require much exercise, but they do take up a lot of space. Their size makes them prone to a range of health problems. They can suffer from eye problems, bloat, and dysplasia. But their grooming requirements are minimal. Training them requires patience, and as a family pet, they are protective and loving, but are not a safe choice for families with small children. If you're the type who likes to supersize it, though, you don't need to look much further. Life with an English Mastiff is a major commitment and can also bring major rewards. 
And now it's time to play Pick the Pooch. Which sighthound is considered the tallest of all the dogs? Can you guess which breed it is? Which breed is the tallest in all of dogdom? It's the Irish Wolfhound. Originally bred to hunt wolves, these giants can reach up to seven feet tall when standing on their hind legs. True creatures of comfort, the Italian Greyhound is unlike any other breed. Italian Greyhounds are one of those dogs that I would call a Velcro dog, which is they can't think of a place they'd rather be than on your lap. These lap dogs are very cat-like. They love sunbathing and are so intolerant of cold weather or rain that many owners litter box train them. They were basically bred to be companions, dogs that would um, snuggle up close to you and keep you warm. And as with many beautiful, elegant little dogs, they were primarily kept by royalty. Italian greyhounds have graced the royal palaces of Charles I, Catherine the Great, Queen Anne, and Queen Victoria, just to name a few. Frederick II, the great king of Prussia, owned over 50 Italian greyhounds and coined the phrase, the more I see of man, the more I love my dogs. Well, unlike its name, originally these dogs weren't from Italy. Nope. In fact, the Italian greyhound is believed to have originated in Greece and Turkey more than 2,000 years ago. By the Middle Ages, this pooch was distributed throughout southern Europe. Often a symbol of wealth, the Italian greyhound appeared in many paintings throughout the Renaissance. They were a favorite of the Italian aristocrats, and basically, that's how they got the name Italian greyhound. Weighing an average of 6 to 10 pounds, they're a miniaturized version of the greyhound and are the result of selective breeding. They were bred down from greyhounds who obviously are very fast dogs, so Italian greyhounds are very fast. While they can't beat a greyhound who clocks in at 45 miles per hour, these little guys can run a whopping 25 miles an hour. That's six miles an hour faster than the average pooch. Although rarely used to its capacity, the Italian Greyhound has a deep chest, which gives him great endurance. This is a dog that has immense speed bursts and an immense ability to get out and be robust if it's running. The tail is long and slender and ends in a slight curve. They have very long tails, which when you see them run very quickly, they kind of use it as a rudder to keep their balance and to turn on a dime. In addition to their running skills, the Italian Greyhound also has acute sight and hearing ability. Also called flying ears or propeller ears, the Italian Greyhound has high-set ears with dropped tips when they are alert. And their dark, expressive eyes can melt the hardest of hearts. Looking into his eyes is more loyal, genuine, and sincere than any woman's eyes I've ever looked into. Todd is the drummer for the popular indie rock group, Shellac. If you haven't heard of them, they're huge in the world of math rock, a hardcore branch of the indie rock scene. They have four albums under their belts, and in the past year, they've toured 24 countries. Shellac members have helped the careers of Nirvana, Cheap Trick, Jimmy Page, and Robert Plant. Todd was one of the founding members. Drums are my passion. When I'm playing the drums, I am 100% occupied with that. Todd is equally passionate about his beloved Italian greyhound, Uffizi, named after Italy's finest museum of art. He's very loyal, very genuine, and a completely spectacular creature. Absolutely smashing. 
And though they may look like an unlikely pair, Todd says they're completely in tune. Ufizi and I are the absolute perfect couple. I feel like we're meant for each other. Excellent Italian greyhound. His fellow bandmates agree. Man, Todd and Ufizi have one of the closest animal-human relationships I think I've ever seen in my life. They're almost the same person. They're really skinny, really energetic, and totally fearless. Todd says Uffizi has fulfilled his life in ways he never imagined. I was a very lonely, single gentleman. From the moment he and I became roommates, I have never experienced a lonely day as long as I've lived with Uffizi. Todd knew he had a deep connection with Uffizi, but he had no idea that the dog would soon unleash his own inner rock star. When I began drumming, Uffizi was very excited and invigorated by this, and he too decided that was playtime for him. Soon, it became their routine. I would bring Uffizi with me into the recording studio. We would have an absolute free-for-all. Before long, Uffizi became the inspiration behind the band's latest release. Whenever Uffizi would do something that pleased Todd, he would praise him by telling him he was an excellent Italian greyhound. And it became a little slogan for us. The band decided that there was no better title for their album. If the record's named Excellent Italian Greyhound and it was based on Uffizi, what's going to be on the cover? Of course, we're going to have a great photo of Uffizi. It's hard to fathom or imagine anything more smashing or spectacular than Uffizi on the cover of our record. When Todd is not rocking out on the drums, he likes to sing songs to Uffizi. One of my personal favorite enjoyments is to serenade Uffizi. He loves when I play guitar and sing to him. I would like to think that Uffizi is my biggest fan. Excellent Italian greyhound. Though Uffizi makes a wonderful gentle pet for his dad Todd, he probably wouldn't be best in households with rambunctious children or active dogs due to his timid nature. Ideal environment for this dog, in my opinion, would be a single person living with this dog or a couple without children. Italian greyhounds live up to 15 years and are an exceptionally healthy breed. However, they must be safely confined when unsupervised for the first 12 to 18 months. Until their bones are fully developed, you need to be very careful that they don't jump off the couch or the bed because they could fairly easily break a leg. Training should start early since this breed has a tendency to be shy in temperament and high strung. My emphasis with these guys is always on introducing them to the world, socializing them with other dogs and children. Italian greyhounds can sometimes be hard to recall due to their strong prey drive, so they should always be on a leash in open areas. This is the dog, if he gets away from you and he bolts, you're not going to catch him. Italian Greyhound's smooth, close coat sheds very little hair and produces almost no odor. I don't think you could find a dog that's easier to groom than an Italian Greyhound. They're basically just wash and wear. But that short, single coat also means they're a dog you need to keep warm in cold weather. If you're in a cold climate with them, I would definitely be putting booties and, and warm coats on them. So, in general, the Italian Greyhound is highly sensitive to cold weather. They have delicate bones and should be confined when unsupervised. These dogs are one of the easiest to groom. Socialization should start early. And they fare best in households without lively children. The Italian Greyhound is the most amazing, magnificent, spectacular creature I have ever laid my eyes on.
You might want to call this the supermodel dog. Why? Its hairdo, of course. Long and lavish and perfectly parted right down the middle of its back. And they have that flowing coat all the way to the ground where you can't even hardly see their feet. It's a hardy breed that is lively and intelligent and whose body is longer than it is tall. Usually weighs in under 20 pounds. It's a very popular dog because they're so adorable. The Lhasa Apso is a diva in its own right, who's loyal to those closest to them, yet wary of strangers. They like to deal with their general family. They don't like outsiders all that much unless socialized. And it's this Lhasa Apso alpha-type dog who does what he wants when he wants. They kind of have a little stubborn streak. The Lhasa Apso is a very old, ancient breed that originated in the tucked-away mountains of the Himalayas. For centuries, the dogs were confined just to Tibet, where holy men and nobles kept the little dogs in isolation, where they performed as watchdogs. And in Tibet, they called the dog Apso Senki, which literally means bark lion sentinel dog. It would bark to alert lion its appearance and sentinel and standing guard. It wasn't until the 1930s that the Lhasa Apso made it here to the United States after being given to us by the Dalai Lama himself. It is a royalty-type dog. It's a dog that loves to sit on the couch. It's a dog that if you don't exercise, it's not going to care, but you want to make sure you do it anyway. They're great dogs. They're prized. The Lhasa Apso's coat is a feature you just can't miss. Double-layered, long, heavy, and coarse, and covers its entire body. These guys have this long hair that just droops over their eyes and droops right to the floor. They can rapidly become a dust mop. And its fur comes in a bevy of colors, although most often seen are gold, cream, and honey, which highlight the dog's dark facial accents. And if showing the Lhasa Apso, its coat should be kept long. But most families like to do a puppy cut, which is just a general uniform clip all over, and they look just as cute. Another interesting quality is this dog's signature tail that flips up right over its back. Its ears, which hang low, are covered in feathered fur. They are super sharp and can easily pinpoint danger. But this little dog's voice is what makes owners stand up and take notice. They're very smart, so if there's a problem and they notice something wrong, they're going to let you know. Meet Lulu from New Jersey. She's a typical Lhasa Apso with a big barking voice. I not only worship this dog, I, I love this dog so much. There isn't another dog in the world that would be able to do what Lulu has done. Hal and his wife Peggy adore little Lulu, along with all the neighborhood dogs. Super Lulu? Lulu always does wonderful things. Everybody loves Lulu. She's queen in the neighborhood. But life for Lulu hasn't always been so easy. When she was just seven years old, she ruptured two discs in her back, which prevented her from being able to walk. The vet told me that her spine was so badly damaged that they could not even operate on her. They didn't guarantee any success. The vets told Hal he should put Lulu down. Hal said, no way. As long as she wasn't in pain, putting her down was not an option. Hal got Lulu into therapy and got her a wheelchair. Lulu is a very feisty female. She was just determined that this wasn't going to stop her, and she knew I was going to be there for the long haul. Eventually, hard work paid off, and little Lulu began to walk again. I had a neighbor who said to me, what happened to that dog that you had in the wheels? I said, this is that dog. 
She said, oh my God, it's a miracle. Everyone, including Hal, could not believe it when his little Lulu began to walk again. But that remarkable development is not the end of this miracle story. Just a few years ago, Lulu snapped into action when her natural instincts woke her up and told her to wake the family. Everyone was snuggled into bed sleeping soundly when Lulu knew there was a serious problem. I could hear Lulu on the edge of the bed going, and I thought there must be something down there. Lulu was right. The house was on fire. I think her heightened sense of smell and hearing uh, indicated to her that something was going on down there. Came down the steps. There were swirls of smoke coming up the stairs. When I got down to the bottom landing, there were flames shooting across the kitchen. I screamed to call 911, grab Lulu. We've got to get out of the house. The fire began in the furnace room and destroyed the entire right side of the home including the bedroom Hal, Peggy, and Lulu had been sleeping in. Within minutes, the local volunteer fire department arrived and got things under control. Yes, thank God for the dog. In this case, Lulu was the smoke detector early warning device. Today, Hal and Peggy are living in their newly renovated home and feel Lulu's act of heroism was just purely payback for what they had done for their little dog a few years earlier. I had saved her life and now she turned around and saved our lives. So I guess we're even, although I give her a few more points. And so this little dog can pretty much live anywhere, as long as those they live with act responsibly. This is definitely a dog that I would recommend for city living and small apartment condo living. It's a healthy breed that can actually live well into its early 20s. In fact, the oldest living Lhasa Apso was 29 years of age. It's a pretty hardy breed. Sometimes they'll have hair growing inside their ear canal, and that can predispose them to getting ear infections. And these dogs don't shed much, which makes them a good choice for allergy sufferers. As for grooming, it can be a lot of work depending on the cut. It's going to have to go to the groomer and get groomed on a regular basis. If it's not brushed and combed, it's going to tangle and knot up easily. As for training, it's a good idea to start early. And the Lhasa Apso makes a good pet for a family that's less active. The Lhasa Apso would be great for elderly people because they really don't require a lot of exercise. So in general, this dog can live pretty much anywhere. It's a healthy breed that usually lives a long time. Grooming is very important along with training. And overall, the Lhasa Apso makes a great family pet. I love you too, Lulu. I do love you. So to recap, the Border Collie is one of the smartest breeds on the planet. They were bred to tend livestock on tough terrain. Today they make a difficult dog if you live in the city, but a wonderful pet if you love Frisbee. The Chinese Crested often wins ugly dog contests. Many are born hairless, but for a small plume on their head and feet. The English Mastiff is the largest breed of dog on Earth. One tipped the scales at a whopping 343 pounds. They're beautiful, lazy dogs that love nothing better than a lounge on the couch. The Italian Greyhound is a shrunken version of the larger Greyhound. They're faster than your average dog, but they're also frail and require extra care in cold weather. Yeah! 
Some are even litter box trained to avoid the cold. The Lhasa Apso is an ancient Asian breed known for its distinctive bark, who was bred to guard Buddhist temples. Remember, every breed of dog is different, and individuals may not adhere strictly to breed standards. If you're bringing a dog into your family, do your homework. Check out PetFinder.com to search for specific breeds near you. And choose your next best friend wisely.